It's been good to hear this morning, hasn't it? Just to, to, uh, to just let God be God in our lives and to just uh, yield, yield to his fixings of us. Amen? Um, how, many, uh, uh, how many have been... You know, our world today is really inundated with a lot of different... Uh, Brand names and, and and things that have been established, you know, our uh, our social giants have just kind of taken over, haven't they? And what they have, they have a brand name that represents everything that they do, right? And if you call somebody on on and get in touch with their customer service, you know, we were talking with somebody that got I don't, you were a customer service person of the year last year or something like that, or first year. And what is she doing? Uh, what, 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 what are they doing? They're representing a, a service, a, a, a product, and um, it's, it's something that is, has a value based, that, it, that it gets based upon its quality and the people that service it, right? And it's, it's kind of, it, it's corresponding to the, to the uh, excellence and the, and the quality of the products, right? Um. But how, how many have had this happen? So I went with my dad to, to Nepal a few years ago. And we went through, um, oh man. Uh, oh, he's on the way. It's in Asia. So we fly, we fly to Hong Kong. And then we go to, oh man, it was on, I was, had, the, had the name of this town. It, it's. It's an Asian town. You're probably familiar with it, and somebody will help me with this. It's on the way, and and they have. Uh, we stayed in this in this hotel suite that was like a an apartment, and I think it was fifty dollars for the night. But on the street, um, you can buy any brand item. You know, uh, a Rolex watch looks exactly like it. You know what I'm talking about, right? What's the name of that place? I'll, I'll get it at the end of the service and let y'all know at that point. Um, oh, but it would help if, anyway. So, so you go on the street though, and I remember going on the street, and, and man, there's, there's all these items that would cost thousands of dollars back home, and you're just tempted to buy them all up and take them home and resell them. But you know what, I, you know what I'm going to say. They're not real. They look real, but they're not real. And, and uh, the, the, what, what's happening is somebody that's really not that is taking the name and trying to represent the name that has already been established and to gain some kind of personal benefit by just utilizing that name. Does that make sense? Okay, we're going to get into some stuff today that I think will be helpful. Um, and... You know, I had, I had something else similar to this happen. How many get these emails? Email has been wonderful to get, you know. But it's, it's like, in particular, just this last week, I have a domain name. It's myworshiplife.info. And so um, I got, and it was interesting because I found it in the trash. That, that had something to say about it, right? <laughs> but you know how this happens. You get an email, and it looks, looks like it's coming from a legitimate source. And it says that you have to log in and make a payment or you're going to lose your membership, right? So domains, domains have a certain you know, period of time. You, you, you pay for them like a, a year at a time. And um, I've got quite a few of them. So 
I was worried about that. And, and so I had to log in myself. You know, they give you a link, you know, that will take you there to where you can pay them and they'll make sure that it doesn't go away, you know. What are they? It's not the real deal. It's just a facade, right? And so it's, it's necessary to find out if something is real before you actually invest in it. And when you are becoming a part of something, it's very important for you to not just represent a name, but for you to know the name. So you get somebody, and Buddy can really probably help me with this more so, but um, you get somebody that's actually representing a name, an entity, they're going to be intimately familiar with all the intricacies of it, right? They're going to be able to tell you about it because in reality... They have given up a, a portion. And this is something else that happens when it's a true representation. It's like Hunter was in here a, a couple days ago, and, and I heard him in here. He was supposed to be praying, but he was on the phone with somebody, and, and he was oh, he was done praying, and he was. <laughs> By the way, let me uh, let me let me crawl. Let me let me pull uh, really quick before I go any further. Let me pull Lindsay out from underneath the bus that she threw herself underneath. It was me. It was my fault. Actually, it was my wife's fault because she started, she started flowing in the spirit, and I thought I got to give her more time. So I, I hit the repeat on the intro, and it still said intro. So we got this lady talking in our ear, telling us what's coming up. Huh? It's the apple. It's the apple. It's the wife. Us guys are innocent, aren't we? We're, we're innocent. It's, it's, if it wasn't for them, right? So anyway, I, I did want to say that about Lindsay, though. And it was kind of interesting how it turned into a really a wonderful illustration. It was my failure, though. It wasn't hers. <laughs> she did what she was supposed to do. So, so anyway, that makes me feel better because I was kind of grieving over that a little bit myself. <laughs> anyway, if you love the Lord, he'll help take those things that you mess up on and he can make them. He did pray? Oh, oh, I, yeah, I need to finish that illustration, don't I? Yeah. Man, my, I got too many illustrations going on. We're just going, we're following rabbits all over the field here. Okay. So going back to what, what he, so he was on the phone with some guy that was, what was he telling you? He was, he, you know how so a lot of times they'll have like a foreign accent or something and they're trying to, he, they, he was trying to tell him that he was in all these legal problems, you know, and that, that he needed to. Victor DeLeon, and he's saying it with like a, an Indian accent or something. It was. Hello, I'm Detective Victor DeLeon. Yeah, my son's really into this stuff. You know, it's about time he hit the end of that road. Yeah. So. Before, before you, uh, actually, with another guy, he actually got the other guy to give him his uh, credit card information. <laughs> don't, try to, don't try to get anything around Hunter. He'll, he'll get. So we actually are going in, in a good direction here. <laughs> because it, it, it's very important in, in the kingdom of God that we're not, we're getting the real. And I was thinking about it this morning when we were worshiping today. You know, I, we've talked with some people recently, you know, and, and this is how it is for me. 
my connection with God is not just a mental thing. It's not just, it's not just a placard. It's not just, it's a real experience with him. And, it, and it, it's, it's very, it'll go as deep as we, as we let it go. I was thinking about it. You know, Buddy even said something. In fact, he used a, a verse that's going to be after one of mine today um, about, about this being our life. What we have is our life. It's real. And, and it's very important for how God designed our relationship with him for it to be legitimate, for it to not have a foreign voice and, and for it to turn green on your finger and, you know, those kinds of things. So what I want to look at, it, it, there's, a, there's a word that we got into last. Remember, anybody remember what we were talking about last week? We we're talking about being clothed, right? And it's very important to, to clothe yourself, to not just be a new creation, but to clothe yourself in the, in the garments that are provided by our Father. Amen. And so how powerful that was, and I'm going I'm to go back to one of those verses, but there's, there's a direct correlation and the purpose of our putting on these garments. Remember what we talked about last week, that there's a purpose of wearing certain garments because they enable you to, to, to operate in a certain function, that they're required for this certain function. And so we, this, this first verse, I'm going to go back to this. It's out of Revelation, Remember? And it said, uh, I answered, so the service is the reason for and the act of robe cleansing. That might not make a lot of sense, but hope, hopefully we can draw this out. Okay, I answered, sir, you know, remember, uh, he's saying, why are these uh, people um, uh, wearing white robes? And he said, sir, you know, and these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes. And made them white in the blood of the lamb. And we, we pointed out that this is something that you do yourself. You, you, you submit to the work of the blood of Jesus and you allow yourself to be purified, right? Therefore, they are before the throne of God as a result of that. As a result of that. And serve him day and night in his temple. That sounds like it's all the time, doesn't it? And he sits on the throne, and he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Remember what Jesus said? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But the experience of his presence is something that requires us to put on this, receive of it, the cleansing and the, and the presentation of holiness, righteousness. So you can't have a relationship with a holy God and be wearing garments that are tainted with the world. That's kind of what we looked at last week. So what I want to look at today, though, is we are all called into the kingdom of God. We give our life to him, and we, call, we come into the kingdom of God, and there's a purpose for us in the kingdom, each one of us. God has designed us with a very specific gift, a very specific place in the kingdom of God. But there's a danger in allowing that, that gift itself or that thing that we've been called into to become our focus. And we come, become vulnerable to how it's perceived, how it's received. 
And I want to look at this because these people, what does it say? They, they cleansed themselves. They made it through the tribulation as a result of this purifying themselves and being in a continual position in the presence of God. I want to challenge you. That I, I know we're aware of this already, but I want to challenge us that there's, there's a, a care of this vessel that we've been given, this, this new creation that we've been given that becomes completely removed from us. That we give up our identity for his. And in that process... What we serve, first of all, before we do anything else, in fact, everything else we will do will be with this as its motive to serve the Lord. Now, we've been doing that a little bit this morning, but I, I'm telling you, uh, we, there's a tendency for us to come in with a need in, into the presence of God. And actually, even in, in, when we come and, and we think about what we're going to do for somebody else or a gift that we might have, we can think that it's about us in some way. And the first and the foremost thing that we have as a privilege and in itself as we're doing this, it's going to be serving, ministering to the Lord. Did you know that you're a minister to the Lord? Have you ever thought about it? How in the world can I minister to the Lord? Because the, our Father God has created us to be holy in his presence and to have fellowship with him. And you know how it ministers to him? When we get in and we clothe ourselves in his righteousness by the blood of Jesus, and we begin to live in the victory that he's provided for us. Amen. Let's just go through some of this, okay? So the real deal is, and we're going to look at it serving as being worshipped because it, there's an interchange and there's, a, there's a, a correlation between serving and worshipping. And sometimes when we think of worship, well, we say, turn the music on and then we worship. And, you know, sometimes the best Worship can take place when no music is going on. But you're yielding to the clothing of the Spirit and the purification of God. The most wonderful thing you will do before the Father is yield to his purification of your life. It's wonderful worship. So let's look at this. The real deal is... That we are servants of worship and what we do confirms who we are. We, we looked, I, believe, I believe we looked at this on, uh, um, on Wednesday. But there's who you really are is a new creation in Christ. And grace makes it, grace empowers you to be free from a past that's anything other than that. And it also empowers you to be who you are. Amen? So when you are being who you've been made to be, it will look like something. It will be holiness. And it will be a revelation of who you really... Do you know what? Our spirits are longing for this. Who we've been made is longing to be who we've been made to be. 
And it, it will be a wonderful thing. Sometimes we think, oh, but I don't get to go do this. I don't get to. It's not about not getting to do something. It's getting to be in the presence of a most holy God all the time. And act like he's actually there. Right? So, so remember, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And she has a terrible past. She's lived with a bunch of different men. And, and, and she's very much aware of that. And Jesus knows it. He starts talking to her about worship. Not about fix, getting fixed. Not, not about repenting of all that stuff. No, of, of what he's providing is a continual presence that will help her with any of those things that are of an issue in her life. So John 4, 23. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers, so it's, it's not somebody that just says I'm a worshiper, you're not getting the facade. Bangkok. There you go. Bangkok. <laughs> Bangkok. See, I was just saving it because I needed I need to put it in right there. Okay. <laughs> Isn't there a song about Bangkok? Anyway. <laughs> For they are the these are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. Who are those? Those who worship him in spirit. And in truth. You guys are familiar with this passage, right? What is it saying? That there's, there's a reality that's taking place in our spirits, but there's a need for there to be a legitimacy that comes out in our life. And this is serving the Lord. So I, 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 where I want to just kind of, what we can take away is how am I going to serve the Lord? Because a lot of times we think, well, I got to go, you know, I, I grew up where you got to go to the mission field. You know, you got to go serve the Lord. You got to get on staff somewhere. You got to go to, no, serving the Lord is a continual thing that you do wherever you're at. You serve the Lord when who he is affects your choice right now. That's serving the Lord. Now, it will, it will take the form of all those other things, but all those other things can actually be a hindrance to you. They can actually become a, a source of offense for you. And I'm, this, is, this is me talking right now because I've, I've been in ministry for a long time. And, and when you attach just your ministry, it, it, it's about your ministry and it's not actually just serving the Lord. And there's a continual battle with this. Is, is, is what, what, am I gonna, what am I supposed to do? And, and we, get, we, we, you know, we can go to church and we can say, well, you're supposed to be doing this. You're supposed to be reading your Bible. You're supposed to be praying all the time. You're supposed to be reaching out and touching your neighbor. Yes, you are supposed to do those things. But what are they representative of? serving the Lord. Your focus is on him. Your identity is not in what you do. What you do is a revelation of your identity. Amen? And this is powerful. So Jesus said, he's coming to make this happen. He's making a change. There's going to be a new creation inside of you. So now who you really are needs to get connected with what you do. Isn't this wonderful? So God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So it's not enough to just come in and, and make a joyful noise. And, you know, I grew up, we were holy rollers. And I was asked that, did we ever roll? And I, we never really rolled. But, but we, you know, we would do marches and runs and, you know, and jumps and, and a lot. You know, we, we would 
shake and whatever. <laughs> That's wonderful, but what are you doing when you leave? How are you living your life, right? Corporate things, and we're going to have worship time tonight, and I, I encourage everybody to come, because what, what we do in those times is we, we get just completely focused on the presence of God but is it, is, is it about that time or is it about preparing for when everybody else isn't around? And I need, to be, I need to become familiar with the presence of God more than anything else. Amen? All right. So the faithful service of honoring him over the flesh. This is the intentional and purposeful return of love. So Romans 12 talks about this. And, and I believe um, Buddy's verse came a little bit after this, right? Um, Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. And what is the, why do we need the mercies of God? And why are we responding to the mercies of God? Because God has made this possible in spite of us. Aren't you grateful for that? That we don't come based upon anything that we've done. But because of what he's done... And here's where we have to get an understanding of this, that we are not achieving anything. We're not gaining any status before God. No, we're just getting to respond to who we are. I beseech you by the mercies of God that you do what? You present your body. Is he demanding this of us? No. This is something that's totally our will, isn't it? You know, the sacrifices of old, of the Old Testament, what happened? They killed the, the uh, sacrifice, right? The lamb, the animal. They would, they, it had to die, and it was over with. What's really interesting about presenting ourselves, we're presenting ourselves as living sacrifices, it's not, it doesn't require us dying and, 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 and quitting something. It requires us living unto him. Does this make sense? Say, this makes sense. It's becoming sense as we talk, right? <laughs> so he says, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. This is what we get to do in the revelation of who we are that comes from the word, and it comes by the spirit also. That's what's so wonderful. And again, I said, let's, when we're worshiping, let's, let's experience the spirit because there's an understanding that only comes by the spirit of this truth. And then what do we do? We begin to present our bodies as living. This, is, this means it's not just on Sunday. It means, it means it's continual, right? A living sacrifice. That means something is going to be put aside. Holy acceptable to God. So when we go to present ourselves to, to him, you know, I remember Billy Graham used to, they used to sing, uh, just as I am. That's so wonderful. That's so wonderful when you first become born again. And then after that, it becomes an opportunity for a sacrifice of worship 
And you, you do say, as I am prepared as holy unto you. Now when we approach the presence of God, we, we do so with honor. You know how dishonorable it is? How <laughs> I was watching a... <laughs> oh, how many like Kevin James... Um, I was watching. He, uh, he 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 was presenting himself. He he had made a date with somebody, and um, um, he he figured out that he wasn't supposed to go on this date because she was a business relationship, and so he wasn't supposed. So he shows up uh, to get ready to go on that, and he's acting like a complete, you know, goof because. He's going to turn her off and, and get out of the date, you know, that kind of a thing. It's like, how, how would it be if, 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 if you show up to, you know, on your first date with, with that woman that you want and you, and you, you know, you, you were playing in the mud and, you know, your, your hair, you still got bed head, you know, going on and, and, and you know, and you stink. <laughs> she would think, man, you didn't really prepare to, to come go out with me. In fact, my wife still, she says, Ooh, put on something. Just put on something. Let's fix this problem. You know, I, God's a holy God. You know? He said, you know what? I've made it so that you can be clean. I've made it so that we can, you can't have fellowship. I mean, he, he's going to take care of that, but you got to come to him. You got to put on the clothes that he, he gives you. That's what, So you present yourself as a living sacrifice and you say, I, God, I, I know that there's stuff that, that wouldn't be right, but by your blood, I'm going to come boldly. And I'm going to allow these things to be taken off of me. I want to be holy before you. I don't want to stink in your presence. We're going to talk talk about an aroma that he likes, okay? (laughs) So it says, to present yourself as a living sacrifice, who are we going to defer to their preference of who we are? It's him. Acceptable unto you. We become become very conscious conscious of, of, of being presentable to a most holy God. And it's not something that we're doing out of our own works. It's just who we are getting seen, allowing it to come out, to be who we are, to be, and, and, and this is wonderful, it's, it's a reasonable service. And some of the translations, let me look at here, here here's a couple more. Um, Weymouth, I plead with you therefore, brethren, by the compassions of God, so we're going based upon what he's done for us, not anything that we're doing for ourselves. No, we're just, we're going to present our faculties. That means our minds and everything that's about us, our passions, our, our, our desires. We're going to present them to him as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to him. What is he like? That's what I want to present. <laughs> this with you will be an act of reasonable See, and he uses the word worship. Not a, not a note was played, not a note sung. But there was a response unto God that was service. This is what determines the legitimacy of the brand, of the name that we put on in Christ. Amen? 
I don't want to be a Bangkok Christian. I'm going to use that word a lot now since I remembered it, okay? Right? I, I want the real. And you know what happens when we do this? This is how God knows us. Now, you know, there, there's, there's a wonderful song that said, he knows my name. He knows who we are. But there's a knowing that he has of us that only happens when we present ourselves to him. You know, at the end, there's going to be many that say, Lord, Lord. And they were actually doing ministry. He said, depart from me. I never what? Knew you. Because you weren't actually serving me. You were serving yourself. We can, we can put on the name. We can, we, can, we can look like it. We can sound like it. We can do everything that's, you know, we can know everything from the word. But are we actually serving him? This is what I, I just want to be challenged with this. Let's serve the Lord in worship. Not, not just in the, not, not the deeds. We will do the deeds, but all those things will be meaningless if this doesn't proceed, if, if it's not a part of it. It's like what we do unto him should be worship. Okay, Romans 12. So it goes down a little bit. It, it talks about the, the, the subsequent verses talks about being renewed in your mind and being transformed and, and not being conformed to the world and, and, and the gifts that we've been given and what they're for. And we see that it says here, it says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. This is, this is what we're doing with each other. But what is it? It's subsequent to presenting yourself as a living sacrifice unto God. This is not stuff that you do out of yourself. You're, when you're treating somebody that way, you're doing it because you're aware that God's there and you're doing it unto him. Does this make sense? Yes. Yeah, say this makes sense. Every time I say that, you can say, this makes sense. <laughs> Not lacking, lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving who? The Lord. It's a reasonable surface. It's something we say, this makes sense to me to honor my most holy God with how I respond. This is, what we've, this is how we've learned Christ, isn't it? You know, one of the most precious things to God is an intentional act that's just to honor him. You know, my sister uh, is, a, is a teacher, and she said, you know what? It's, it's, it's precious to God when you make an appointment to meet him. And just be with him. It's, it's not necessarily a, a corporate gathering. No, you just meet him. And it's, it's, not, it's not to just do something necessarily. It's, it's him. That's how it should be when we get into the word. It should be, oh, it's him. It's him. It's not something I'm, I'm doing. It's, that, that's, that's not my objective. My objective is him. I'm serving him. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. This is a lot of stuff to do, isn't it? But what is it? All of those things, if they are not preceded, they're just a facade. And they just become a religion. Everything that we do must be with this attitude of I'm doing it unto the Lord, right? So, nice segue into the next Bangkok verse here, okay. Everything that is done to or for anyone, it's a potential 
to be much more than just a deed that you feel like you're obligated to do. No, it's a potential to serve God, to serve him with worship. Because what does it require? It requires the, the, the presenting yourself in a way that, that the flesh would resist. Why are we told to do these things? Because we don't do them naturally. We require the spirit to come in. And then the truth of our worship is displayed. You see who we really are when we do these things. Amen? What you do, work at it with all your heart. This is talking about people that's working for somebody else, right? As working for the Lord. But I like to look at it in anything we do. This is what we've been given in Christ. Everything that we do can now become something that it's like God's, God's right there. Everything I'm doing is being affected by his holiness. Boy, if you got a problem looking at stuff that you shouldn't look at, if you got a problem you know, saying things that you shouldn't say, just become aware that he's there. And really get in a position where you care about what he thinks. Right? Can you see how powerful this is? Remember we're, we're, who these people were that kind of got us going down this road were the ones who had white robes. This was, their, their service to the Lord was actually the purification of their robes themselves. All right. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. There's a consequence for this. I don't want to focus on the consequence as much as the enticement that we have, that God has given us. There's a reward in this. Amen? And it's not the kind that, that falls apart. It's not the, the kind that you feel like you lost something. It's like you only, there's only gain in this. What would Jesus do versus what is Jesus doing? So this is, this is a very, remember those, those wristbands that they used to have, you know? And, and what would Jesus do? And anybody could wear them. They'd hand them out to everybody. You'd think, huh, what would Jesus do? Let's see. Um, and anybody can come up with any interpretation of what Jesus might do. Say, you know? And in fact, we have the news today, all these different news things trying to tell us what we should be doing as Christians, who we should be loving and what that loving should look like and, and everything else, you know. And Jesus came along. He shook up everything because he, he starts talking about actually knowing his father. Seeing his father doing things and making his his actions correspond and align with what he sees his father doing. So I saw this. So why don't we do a wristband rather than saying what would Jesus do and challenge each other, what is Jesus doing? Because you should be able to, if he's there all the time, you should be able to observe him in the spirit, right? Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus did some amazing things. How was he able to do those? He would walk down the street and he would, he would do something that was amazing. And he didn't just do it because he was the son of God. He did it because the night before he'd spent all night in the presence of his father. And now when he's walking down the street, it's not just Jesus walking. 
He's seeing his father do stuff. And he said, that's what I do. That's what I do. What was it? That was a sacrifice. It wasn't just a, he wasn't just living as a man. No, he was living as a man that had laid down anything that this world demanded of him to do what he saw his father do. This is, this is what he, so Jesus gave them this answer. So they're asking about him referring to his father. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. What is this? This is worship. This is serving something that is bigger than, than me. We do, all, we do this all the time. When you go to work for another company, you lay down your own identity. If they tell you to wear a shirt, that's what you're going to wear. And, and you know, it's not your identity. Because if you try to, to display your own identity and say, no, that's not who I am. That's not what, no, you don't get to be a part of that. As a child of God, as, as what we've been made to be in Christ, how we find that is in, in worship of God. How we know what to do. Jesus said, I do it because I see my father do it. For the father loves the son and does what? Shows him all he does. Not what he would do, what he does. Don't you like that? Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. The things that God can and will do through us will come as a result of putting on the garments of holiness and making worship a continual presentation of a living sacrifice before him. Is this, this is pretty challenging, isn't it? This is the real deal. This is what we get in Christ. If we want to have, you know, people that have, have, have uh, had these amazing experiences, I, I believe it's coming to us. Part of the reason why I think we got to talk about this right now is until we're aware of this, until we're, it's a reasonable service. It goes through here. We have to say, that's what I'm going to, you know what? God likes it when we say, by my will, that's what I'm going to do. That's how we get saved. It's a reasonable service. We say, that makes sense to me. I believe that. And now I'm going to align myself based upon that. Amen? Now, I'm going to live in the presence of God. I'm not just going to let him be a supplement for me. He's going to be with me continually. And because of that, I'm going to align myself what I see him doing. Would you see God doing that? If not, let's don't do it, right? Is it a works thing? No, it's a fellowship thing. I, I want to present, I have a relationship with this most holy God. Why would I want to show up, roll in the mud with a bad head and stinky? You know? No, I, I honor him enough to present myself in a way that's acceptable to him. Again, this is essential. God wants to take us somewhere. This is where miracles begin to take place. Amen? When you're not limited by that, that worldly vision, but you are seeing into the realm of the Spirit where you're seeing the Father do something that you would never see on your own. Amen? It's not just the stuff that you won't do. It's the stuff that you will do. Amen? Where there is a heart presented to God in worship, it's a removal of inauthenticity. 
Now, th this actually passed the, the spell check in my Word document. I know that doesn't even think so, but Ephesians 5, 1 through 4, okay? Therefore, be imitators of God. This is, this is a good, nice segue from the last one too, right? Jesus said, I only, I only do what I see him do. And then Ephesians says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, as somebody that's actually living in his presence and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us and offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. That's what God likes to smell. He likes to smell burnt flesh, right? Because that means somebody's following him as following his lead, right? But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as it is, as is fitting for saints. Don't you like that use of the word named right there? Because to participate in that means you're participating in the name that it represents. You can't participate in the name that's above all other names when you're participating in this name. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. I didn't get it. All right, okay. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. What's that? You're, you're, you're recognizing what has already been done in Christ. And that's what you're giving thanks for continually. A heart over a ritual. God's choice. Psalm 51, 15. Oh Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in a burnt offering. Now, he, he wants a, a sacrifice, but it's not just a religious act that he's wanting. David even knew this, didn't he? Remember, this is where Saul got into a problem. He thought he could just offer a sacrifice and everything would be fixed. Just do something. God doesn't want that. He wants a heart that really cares what he thinks. And when he says something, it responds. Jesus said, if you love me, you will do what I prefer. Right? The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. What is that? That's not, that's not where you just, you're just looking down on yourself. No, that's where you say, oh God, I will not be resistant to you in the least. I will not have a stiff neck that you don't like. I will not be lukewarm and have you spew me out of your mouth. This is all spoken to Christians, isn't it? This stuff. He's the most holy God. And, and what's so wonderful is each one of us have direct access as children to a place of worship in his presence. But it's up to us. It's up to us. The sacrifices of God are broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, oh God, you will not despise. Did you know God despises things? He despises facades. Just like me in Bangkok. You know what else they would come up to you with? And, and it's really sad. Um, it's most... Issues in life and, and even in our nation right now, it all goes to our, our sexual drive. You know, people coming up on the street, you got rolls, you got fancy tennis shoes, you got um, all these things that you can buy, and somebody comes up and wants to show you a relationship, a facade, something that will pacify your sexual drive. And it's all available, it's all cheap, you can all 
It's not the real. What we get in him is going to be real all the way through. Amen? But we have to present ourselves or we become vulnerable to the foreign voice on the phone that tells us we're going to lose something if we don't get in on this today. All right. So personal identities bow to his. Remember what John said? John had the, the most hip ministry right before Jesus showed up, right? His was the, the, the main deal. What was so cool about John is he didn't associate his identity with his ministry. He didn't allow Jesus coming along to be a problem. He didn't allow what he was doing for God to be a problem for him. He said, I must decrease and Jesus must increase. This is what happens for us in whatever form it takes. We say, it's not about me. You know, where you cannot get offended is when you're actually serving the Lord. Nobody can, you, you know, you are, you are doing something for somebody, but you're serving him. You're just a servant to him. Amen? And if there's any issue, let's let him be increasing and we just decrease keeps you in a, in a place of holiness where you're not going to be vulnerable to those enticements of the flesh. You know what happens when you, you enter into an identity uh, of even ministering to, to God or serving the Lord? It can be an opening where the enemy can come in and he can cause you to do something that you would never do otherwise because your identity wasn't him. You weren't really serving him. You're serving something that looked like him. Okay. All right. We're getting close. We're getting Matthew 23, 8. But you are not to be called rabbi. This relates to this. For you have one teacher and you all are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father. For you have one father and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors. For you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be what? The servant. You could say the worshiper. Somebody that is serving the Lord. Amen? Not just serving people. Sometimes we think, well, I've got to just start serving people. No, don't just serve people. Don't just serve people. Serve the Lord. Amen? Because you can serve people and, and not, not have your heart right at all. So it's very important. Now, it's, he says here, don't be called. And, and, you know, somebody's going to call you an instructor if you're a teacher. Or, you know, you can call me pastor if you want. But... It's not an identity that I hold myself. I think that's what he's meaning here. Is don't let that be a name that is your name above that name. You know? Amen? What you're serving is the name above every other name. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The aroma is victory over the flesh through the knowledge of him. So 2 Corinthians, I love this passage, uh, 2.14. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. What does it take to have the knowledge of him? Not just information, intimacy. This is a worshiper. How, how are you going to actually spread the knowledge of him? You're going to be authentic. It's going to have changed your own life. 
If you ever sell anything, what do they tell you? You got to buy it yourself. <laughs> you can, it's got to be real to you before you can tell anybody else. Before you're going to smell in a way that the world will know that you know God, you have to be a sacrifice unto him. Does that make sense? There we go. All right. So belief in Christ served understanding of his resurrection and ours. So here's the wonderful thing about this. When you really believe that Jesus rose from the grave and it was for you, that means you're going to rise with him and you're a new creation now. Those old things have passed away. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me.